Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. When you understand who you are and when you understand what your purpose is really about, you put all that you have into that in every single aspect of your life, whether that's at work, whether that's being a mother, a philanthropist, a wife, a daughter, a friend. And when you give all that you have and you do it in an authentic way, you can't help but have a fulfilling life. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all the new beginnings that we have for this year. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. All right, lady, today we have one of the most popular and powerful African Americans in the banking industry. And she's here in her space. And guess what? She looks just like us. Tashonda Brown Duckett is the CEO of Consumer Banking at J.P. Morgan Chase. She leads the nation's second largest branch network and is also responsible for serving the banking and wealth management needs of 24 million households nationwide and overseeing a deposit franchise that has grown more than twice the industry average since 2012. Prior to her role as CEO of Chase Auto Finance, Duckett served in a number of senior leadership roles in Chase Mortgage Banking, including National Retail Sales Executive, Channel Executive for Branch Mortgage Integration, and Director of Affordable Lending and Emerging Markets. Duckett is a native of Texas. She holds a bachelor's degree in finance and marketing from the University of Houston and an MBA from Baylor University. She is married and has four children, and her family lives in Connecticut. Tashonda, welcome to Her Space. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yay. We are so excited. Yes, we are so, so excited to have you with us today. And I am going to take us into our quote of the day, which I'm sure will sound very familiar to you. 
If you give all of your energy, commitment, and passion to your life, you will almost certainly have a fulfilling professional and personal life journey. Absolutely. When you hear your words, what comes up for you? What inspired that particular statement? I mean, I just think for me, my purpose is what comes to mind. You know, my purpose is to inspire others. And when you understand who you are and when you understand what your purpose is really about, you put all that you have into that in every single aspect of your life, whether that's at work, whether that's being a mother, a philanthropist, a wife, a daughter, a friend. And when you give all that you have and you do it in an authentic way, you can't help but have a fulfilling life. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I live. That's what I breathe. And so that's what comes to mind for me. It's purpose. It's beautiful, beautiful. And Tashonda, one, we were watching one of the interviews that you had done and you said something so powerful that just blew me away. I was like, we have to dive into this first. If you can talk about what it means to bring your own self to rented spaces. Yeah, I always say I rent my title, I own my character. And I just think it is so important because so many times our titles define us, but our titles are rented. And so when you no longer have that title, many times you're lost. You don't know who you are. And the scariest part is that you lose your self-worth. But when you understand that your title is rented and your character is owned, that means to me, that when you are no longer in that rented space, you pick up who you are and you carry that with you to your next journey. And that gives you power. When you can say in corporate America, my title is rented. I know that I will not always be a CEO. But what I do know for sure is I will always have grit. I will always have tenacity. I will always be intellectually curious. I will always be passionate. I will always be my authentic, unapologetic self. Those are my ownable assets. No one owns that. And so when I'm finished with my job or your title, you can pick up everything that you own and deploy that into your next journey. And for me, that's power. That to me is what everyone should understand. Your title is rented. It's your character that's owned. And so I choose to show up every day in a professional environment, first and foremost, as Tashonda Brown Duckett, not first and foremost as a CEO. So that when I am no longer in this role and I'm in another chapter of my life, people will see that consistent drumbeat because I consistently showed up as Tashonda. So that's what I mean by, you know, rent your title, own your character. I absolutely love that. Oh, I have to write that quote down because <laughs> I just thought that was so, so powerful and such a reminder because I, you know, I recognize that a lot of us, myself included, can get caught up in our title and our and pursuing our profession, right? Like our profession may be something that we're passionate about, but it's not all of who we are. That's exactly right. And your passion is ownable, right? And so I, I just, I want everybody to understand like rented titles, owning character, that means you can have your passion. But it doesn't have to be at this particular job or this particular company or in this particular time and space. It's yours. And what's for you is for you. And no one can take that away. So if a company says your services are no longer rendered here, you don't lose your self-worth. 
you pick up your ownable assets, you leave your business card at the door, and you walk out with peace and confidence to know that what you have is for you and your next journey will still be owned. Okay, the goosebumps that I have on me right now, I'm ready to shout, y'all. Okay, that is so powerful. And I was going to say to Shonda, it's like when you have that perspective, you realize that, you know, if you do get let go or you do change careers, that does not define you. I know I've been, you know, let go before and it was a very tough process. But like you said, you pick up your character and you move on to the next phase. Your character transcends your ego. Mm. When we all have those moments, whether it's professional or even in a relationship, many times when you may be let go or you didn't get that promotion or maybe the relationship didn't you know, pan out, a lot of that self-worth attack is your ego speaking, not your character. And so I do think it's important when you talk about your ownable assets, that's your character and your character will always transcend your ego. And that I think is really important for everyone to understand. And how, what's the best way to sort of cultivate those ownable assets? Maybe if someone's in a space right now where they're just starting their career and they're like, well, I don't know really what I have to own right now or what I own. What's the best way to cultivate those? You know, I teach my children. If you ask my youngest, you know, she's four. If you say, Mackenzie, what are you? She will say she's smart, kind, and brave. You have to pour into yourself. And so if you're in that space where you don't feel like you are worthy or you are deserving, the first thing I would say is take a breath and know that you are enough. Right in this space, at this moment, you are enough. And then pour into yourself who you are. You know, I like to say that we are all extraordinary. We're ordinary people with the capacity to be extraordinary. So extraordinary is kindness. Extraordinary is your grit, your tenacity, your faith, your character. Like those are all descriptives that reside within you. And sometimes you have to pour into yourself and you keep reminding yourself who you are and whose you are until you get full and then until you feel a little lighter. And that's what I do for myself. So I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I live. I'm telling you in those moments, in those dark moments for myself, I have to remind myself who is Tashonda. And I have to say that to myself, that I am smart. I am kind. I am brave. I am curious. I am driven. And you just keep pouring and pouring until you get that sense of calmness to know that you can move forward. That's what I would say. Remind yourself who you are and pour into yourself so that you don't require that from others. Wow. You are sharing a word. I just keep sitting here and I keep saying to myself, like I had myself on mute because I kept saying, yes, yes, yes. Like I, I'm feeling all of it. In this moment, right? I mean, with everything going on, we have to remind ourselves who we are. We have to take a breath because there's just so much, you know, on us that you do have to take that breath and remember, you know, all of what makes you you in the good times and in bad. Yes. And so can you share with us, you said that you are smart and you are kind and brave and curious, but can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and whose you are and how you got to where you are today? 
Yeah, uh, that's great. Well, first of all, I am the daughter of Otis and Rosie Brown. <laughs> and I think that's just so important because, you know, again, all these titles are rented, but I'm a daughter, I'm a woman of faith. And, you know, I believe that what's for me is for me. And, you know, at a very young age, my father instilled in me to reach for the moon. And he would say, reach for the moon, because even if you miss, you would be among the stars. And that is something that I've carried you know, along my journey in life. You know, when people say who I am, you know, I am someone who have come from humble beginnings. You know, I talk about that. I know what it's like to have financial insecurity. I know what it's like to have parents who give all that they can for you. And that may not be enough. You know, when they sign you up for karate and you don't get past white belt, yellow stripe, or when they want you to take piano lessons, but you can only take a few lessons. So I know what it's like to have a family who wants so much for you, but may not be able to provide all of that. But what they gave me, when people say who I am, they gave me my character. They introduced me to my faith. They taught me how sometimes you have to be two times better. You know, they taught me perseverance. You know, what you start, you must finish. Whatever you do, you do it with excellence. And so all of that is my foundation. And so as I navigate my career and, you know, went to college and went through a program called Inroads, and I like to say to people, Inroads is my disruptor. You know, Inroads is what really introduced me into corporate America. You know, I think about organizations. I think about people who advocated for me when I didn't even know that they were advocating for me. I think about people along the way who gave me information. And so when you think about who I am, I am a person who understands that I'm on the shoulders of giants. I am the person who understands that everyone needs to be seen because I wanted my father to be seen. I want my mother to be seen. And so I'm just a person who, you know, is an ordinary person trying to do extraordinary things. And I'm a person who's living on purpose. And like I said, my purpose is to inspire others. And I believe that's why God has afforded me the platform that I have to do just that and to never get it twisted. And that's what I'm here to do. That's who I am. And when you say things like everything I've gone through, I bring with me, what does that mean to you, Tashanta? Yeah, I mean, when you think about, when I think about where I am today and what I bring with me, you know, in addition to my faith and in addition to, you know, my degrees and all that good stuff, what I bring with me is empathy. I bring with me humility. I bring with me a perspective of knowing that to much is given, much is required. You know, I bring, you know, with me understanding, you know, our culture and our history, knowing that no matter how smart you are, there was a point in time where laws were on books to say you could not ascend. You know, when I'm at work and, and I look and see this rich history of this company, you know, I understand that it was the janitors and the cooks and the secretaries that were first inside of corporate America that looked like me. They were the first ones and they put in that, that excellence, if you will. And so I, I understand all of that and I carry that with me every step of the way. I carry with me my motherhood, you know, knowing that I have young girls and, and young boys that, you know, look up to me and I have to be that example to them as a mother. So I carry all of that with me into everything that I do, my faith, my humility, my character, my empathy you know, my history and my culture. That's beautiful. And I just want to shift into motherhood. I mean, you, you brought it up here, but when you think about motherhood, I, I think about just successful women in general and all the things that 
you balance and the harmony of your life. What does motherhood mean to you? Well, first of all, you, I, when you said balance, you no, know, I like to say there's no such thing as work-life balance. For me, it's a diversified portfolio. <laughs> yes. And I like to say that, like, live your life like a diversified portfolio and over time you'll outperform this thing called life. But, you know, motherhood for me is one of the greatest titles that I have. You know, I am a mother through marriage. I have a bonus son. I'm a mother through birth. I birthed two children and I'm a mother through adoption, my youngest baby. And so motherhood is my reflection. You know, motherhood is my future. You know, I believe that our future is youth and I'm raising our future. You know, motherhood is a love that will make you cry and will bring you to tears, but will bring you so much joy at the same time. Motherhood makes you lose your breath. And I believe that motherhood may be through lots of different ways, like I said, through adoption, through marriage, and through birth. And motherhood is sometimes standing in the gap where if you don't have children in those ways, but you're that auntie, you can still have that sense of wanting so much for someone that you would give your last breath to. That's what motherhood means to me. Go ahead, Dom. I know you want to chime in. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, when she said auntie, because I, I am an auntie and that, yes, I would. I totally would. And so when you think about motherhood and how and your approach to motherhood, can you share with us some of the things that may have influenced your perspective and approach? to motherhood, especially considering that you've entered motherhood, like you mentioned, in three different ways. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, I would totally give a shout out to my mother. You know, my mom is my role model. She's my role model. And what I mean by that is first and foremost, she taught me my faith and I want my children to have their faith in knowing that there is something bigger than them. And for me, that's, that's our faith. My mother taught me at a very young age that we make the best decisions that we can with the faculties that we're given at that time. And given a different set of faculties, we would make different decisions. Just think about how that makes you take a breath that you're okay. And I want my children to know that. I believe that for me, motherhood is something that I model. I want my children not just what I say, but what I model and how I live. You know, your children observe you. And so for me, knowing that work is such a big part of my life, I talk to my children about my job. I talk to my children about my career. You know, I bring them in the room. You know, if I'm speaking, you know, they'll get up and speak. You know, on Instagram, when, you know, I do this thing called When Purpose Introduced Herself, my daughter is my sidekick because I want her to see me in her, but I also want her to know that at a much younger age, her voice is necessary and required. I want her to know that her perspective can impact someone's life. I want my son to know that, you know, you can role model a woman. You can see the future 
and see that a woman could be running the country because your mom runs a business. Like I want them to see all of that. And so to me, being a mother is about pouring into your child. It's about making sure that they have permission to color outside the lines because they are not perfect. You know, I tell my daughter, Madison, that I don't want to know her as my daughter. I want to know Madison as Madison. I want to know who she is, not who I want her to be. And that's just a different type of relationship, right? Because then you, you're giving them permission and you're reminding them that she might be my mini me, but she's Madison. And so I, that's what I try to do. You, you, you want your children to just have all of your wisdom, all of your perspective, all of that good soil you plant, but you have to remind yourself as a parent that they're going to have their ups and downs. You know, it's just like planting seeds in the soil. There will be some droughts. But my prayer is that when you plant good seeds and you plant it in some good soil, they will be okay. They will, they will produce great things. And that's what I'm trying to instill in, in all of them. And it, it comes from my mom and it comes from learning and observing, you know, so many other people. But I just want them to have great character and I want them to be the best version of themselves and to be exactly who God intended them to be. Nothing more, nothing less. That is such a powerful perspective to just giving your children that sense of freedom and independence that many of us may not have had growing up, right? It was like, you have to do things this way or you are my child and you do what I say, but more so it sounds like you're just giving them a lot more freedom and independence to be who God called them to be, which is beautiful. And you said something to Shonda about this living your life like a diversified portfolio. You know, we got to talk about what does that actually mean in action? Okay. So I am in banking. So you know, I do things in a, in a financial terms, if you will. But here's what I mean by that. I tell people that when you think about diversification, you only have 100% of you. There is no such thing as 110. There's only 100. So write down everything that matters to you and allocate it because you only have 100%. So if I'm being honest, me being a mother, my children do not get 100% of me. They may get a 25% allocation because I'm also an executive. I'm a philanthropist. I'm a friend. I'm a daughter. But when I am with them within that 25 or 30%, they get 100% of me within that allocation. And the reason why that's so important is because when you really write down all the things that matter to you and allocate, you will operate with so much more intentionality because I know that my children do not have 100% allocation. So when I am with them, I'm with them. I know that being a daughter my parents may have 10% because they don't live with me. You know, I don't see them every day. So when I am in their presence, I give them all of me because you have no time to waste. And the most beautiful thing about living your life a diverse, like a diversified portfolio is just like with stocks and bonds, depending on what's happening, market conditions, you allocate, you reallocate. And so when I'm really busy at work, if I'm in earning season, I have to allocate more of myself to work. But when that season is over, I recalibrate. 
If my father is sick, I reallocate on what it means to be a daughter. So it's freedom and giving yourself permission to respond to the market conditions or with your life. What is life presenting to you at that time? And when that moment and season is over, you can reallocate. And here is the point. If you live your life like a diversified portfolio, you will have volatility. You will have ups and downs. I tell ladies, sometimes you have to short the stock. It's just bitten off But if you live your life like a diversified portfolio, over time, you will outperform. So there may be moments in my life that I don't feel like I'm the best mom right now, or I feel guilty because I'm working and I'm not seeing my parents, or maybe I don't feel like I'm the best sister or friend at that moment. But I know over time, I'm a really good mom. Over time, I'm a really good executive. I'm a great friend. I'm a great daughter. Even if in that moment, I've had to shift my allocation to respond to the needs that's confronting me at that time. So diversified portfolio gives me space to adjust. It gives me space to know that I'm responding to something. And it gives me space to have confidence to know over time, I am a really good person. And I do really good work. Even if in that moment, I'm dealing with some volatility. Wow. What a liberating perspective. I mean, it sounds like that just allows you to be honest with yourself and those in your life. I mean, so liberating. You know, as a mom saying my kids don't get 100% of me, right? It's like, what? What? Mm-hmm. They can't. You know, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a doctor. I'm a I'm a wife. And so when you can speak that truth, then you can be intentional about your time and you end up cutting things that don't matter or that's not important because you really understand everything is allocated and you only have a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I'm curious about how the people in your life respond to that. Like how do they respond with that honesty? I think they respond really well to it because (laughs) one, they have no (laughs) because (laughs) but I think I show up as a better human because I think the miss for me is when I was trying to do this work-life balance thing, I was catching an L every day. How do you (laughs) Right? I mean, so I didn't feel great because I'm like, wow, I'm getting up at 5.30 in the morning. I don't see my kids. By the time I get home, my kids are asleep. You know, I don't see my mom, my dad. I'm not feeling like I'm a great wife. You know, I'm, I'm running around trying to do everything as if it's supposed to balance. So basically I'm exhausted. And I tell people, you know, the S on the chest was not superwoman. It was spit. And so (laughs) (laughs) I mean, real talk, right? I was feeling at the end of the day, what did I win at, you know? And so I think by shifting my mindset to this allocation, I am so intentional about who I share my time with, how I spend my life, you know, understanding. And I think, therefore, the people around me, they see me a little lighter. They see me focused. Like my husband is not like, put your phone down, put your phone down. It's like when I'm spending time with my husband, Shonda, not the one who's reading emails and trying to balance everything. Do you know what I mean? That's how I think people see me. And it allows you, for example, when people say, can you just spend five minutes with me? I say, I can, but I can't. 
You know, I only allocate this amount of time to mentor people. And that extra five minutes is taken away from me being a mother to my daughter or to my son. And so it gives me permission to say no, because I'm prioritizing mentorship within this allocation, not within 100%, but within 10% of my pie that says it's my give back to people. And that's the priority within 10%. And, And for me, it allows me the power to say no. It allows me to explain my why. And therefore, the people who I'm with, they understand you know, who I am and, and I show up as a better version of Tashonda as a result, if that makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I love that this is not a forever thing. It's like, what are you optimizing for for this season? If right, maybe you'll have a bit more time in another season to mentor and it won't take away time from your daughter. So that is incredible. I'm definitely going to re-listen to this episode and take my own notes. Yes. But I know that, okay. <laughs> well, there's three things that you should never sacrifice. And, you know, that's your family, your health, and your character. And so thinking mm-hmm. about this portfolio. Make sure that you're not compromising those three things. And I and, and so that's why it's important to have your allocation. Your health is your self-care. And as women, many times our self-care is not in our portfolio. And it has to be. And so I would encourage you, write it down and allocate it. And you you sometimes realize we only have two percent, but your girlfriends are in there. Just make sure your girlfriends are in there. It may only be two percent, but that may be that annual girls' trip or what I do because I know I don't have as much time with my girlfriends. You know, I write down, you know, all my friends and I will have a moment within my allocation that I'll write letters to my girlfriends. I buy a stack of cards. I have them in my office at home so that when I'm ready for that allocation, I let them know I'm thinking about them or I'll dump on a Zoom call because I'm so intentional that I only have a little bit of allocation. So how do I make that impactful? Versus not having your friends in there at all and you realize you haven't checked in on someone in months or years because you just have not had control of your portfolio. And these are people you care about. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. It sounds so freeing. Yeah, it is. (laughs) 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 For you to really understand what matters to you. You know, that's what, like, I feel like I have an amazing life because everything that matters to me is in my portfolio. Like how dope is that? You know what I mean? Yes. I, it, it, it makes, I mean, I'm sitting here grinning, just reflecting, you know, it's like even thinking about, you know, I always wanted to adopt. And I remember that, you know, I was talking to my husband, I was like, babe, you know, we've been talking about this and I don't want to get to a point you fast forward and we did these amazing things, but we lost sight of something that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore we went on this path of intentionality. And as a result, I have my little cherry on top. That's that power of having your portfolio and thinking about how do you want your life to be and what do you want and who do you want in your life and going after it. You know, you only have one, one you and one life. You choose what you want to put in your life. You choose that. And for you and your husband and your family, Tashonda, what was the most, I want to say, surprising aspect of the adoption journey? Oh my gosh, let me tell you. <laughs> and I'm going to blow your mind, but I'll give you the, I mean, just God. Oh my God. So ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to adopt. And I do not know why. Mm-hmm. I ended up 
marrying an amazing man who happens to be adopted. I birthed a girl and a boy. You know, I have a bonus son. So why am I still adopt, wanting to adopt? But it was in my spirit. So when my husband and I decided we wanted to adopt, we went through, you know, the process to foster to adopt because there's just, you know, there's over 100,000 Black children in foster care, just the mm-hmm. need. I'm like, we could eradicate this. But yeah. we went through the process and we were going to go through foster to adopt, but it got really complicated. And so we went through a Christian agency and we said we would give it a year. And if we didn't adopt within a year, you know, God would order our steps to do something else. Can I tell you within 90 days, we had our child. Can I tell you that my birth children names are Madison and Miles and the birth mother named my child, Mackenzie, that's her name. Can I tell you that my children that I birthed to this day is like, mommy, thank you for giving us Mackenzie. When I talk about she's my cherry on top, her gift magnifies the process. You know, she's the gift. You know, a lot of times people, oh, it was so wonderful for you to adopt. But I'm like, she's the gift, right? And, And so the biggest surprise is how our steps have been ordered. And that when it was time for us to have our daughter, it was in the way it needed to be. And it was within 90 days of a healthy, beautiful baby. That's purpose. That's being obedient. And I track it all the way back to being this little girl who wanted to adopt. And now I understand why, because she was meant to be my daughter. Oh my goodness. That sounds like divine alignment. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and, and, and you could say so many times you're too busy, right? Like uh-huh. we yes. have so many kids already. you know, we just got this new job. We just moved. I mean, you can find so many rational explanations to not be in purpose, or you can go back to your intentionality and step out on faith. And if it's supposed to be, it will unfold and it will manifest. You just have to do the work. Exactly. That is spot on. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And oh my goodness. Oh, Mackenzie, that's so sweet. I love it. Okay, so we know that your parents have had such an influential impact on your life and they've been extremely influential for you and who you've become today. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to create the Otis and Rosie Brown Foundation? Oh my gosh. So it goes back to the portfolio. There were a few things in life when people say, when it's all said and done to Shonda, how do you want to define your success? And One was I wanted to adopt. Two, I want my children to visit every continent, you know, before they go to college. You know, we're on our way, notwithstanding the environment we're in now, but we're on track. (laughs) Three, I I wanted to start a foundation while my parents were still alive. You know, I strongly that you give people their flowers while they're here. And that goes back to intentional. You have to be intentional. And so The Otis and Rosie Brown Foundation is really me reminding myself the power of my parents who are ordinary people. My dad worked in a warehouse. My mom was a teacher. They were ordinary individuals who made an extraordinary impact in in my life, my brother's life, and the lives of so many others. And so the Otis and Rosie Brown Foundation is anchored on character. We give scholarships and 
in North Texas based on character. We see the small nonprofit. So I focus on the unseen, which is like my parents, everyday people. And so I focus on small organizations that are making an outsized impact and we see them, you know, and provide them grants. And so really it's about being extraordinary and making sure that everyone understands you don't have to be a CEO to be extraordinary. You're extraordinary because of your ownable assets. And to be able to see my parents award students scholarships. Oh my goodness. You know, award a grant to a local small organization that's given everything that they can to make a difference. That just fills my heart. We named, and there's a library in Arlington, and we named it the Otis and Rosie Brown Living Room. And to see a Black man and a Black woman in that professional portrait, you know, that very proper portrait. Yes. Yes. That's Otis and Rosie Brown. And if you look closely, my dad has an earring. Like, to see (laughs) a professional, proper person. And that's an Otis and Rosie Brown, everyday people who are extraordinary. I want people to see that they're enough and you can work in a warehouse and make an impact and ultimately have your daughter pay it forward in your honor. Like that's so dope. And that's why I give them love because they mean everything to me. They are my foundation. They are my rock. They represent all of who I am and all of who I still strive to be. And so I just believe that I wanted my father and my mother to know how I feel and to know that their impact will transcend their own children. It will change the lives of others. And that's why I started the foundation in their honor. And how did you share the foundation with them? Like, what was the announcement? Did you just call them on the phone or was it like a big banquet? How did you do that? Oh my goodness. I don't even remember. I, but I, I do remember... You know, I did. I, it wasn't on the phone. I, you know, I, I told them that this is what I want to do, and mm-hmm. I think the visual that I recall that really warmed my heart was when I named the living room after them. This huge, brand new library, and they didn't know, and I surprised them. And if you can imagine your parents walking into this brand new, huge library right by Texas Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play, oh, and. Yeah an amazing building and your mom and dad are thinking they're coming to hear their daughter speak and (laughs) they walk into this living room and see Otis and Rosie Brown. I say living room because it's the, you know, it's the main area. So it, you know, and it literally says the Otis and Rosie Brown living room. My dad broke down and cried because look, I'm first generation full integration. My dad is in the South, segregated South. You know, Mm. my dad, he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot. You know, he's battling cancer now. And to see your father, see his name, it's everything. It's everything. To know that he's worthy. You know, he didn't go to college, but he's worthy. You know, he worked in our house, but I see him. And so will everybody else. That's yes. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Otis and Rosie Brown. Like that is an everyday people. That is so dope. Right. I want a movement. Like I want I want 
people to know that they're extraordinary. And that, I mean, that's a passion of mine. You know, it's ownable assets. I want people to know, like, what is your extraordinary? My extraordinary is purpose and passion. You know, what is your extraordinary? And just to be able to know that you are extraordinary. None of those rented titles make you extraordinary. You're extraordinary because of your ownable assets. I just think that's powerful. And I think that if more of us connected to our extraordinary, we would travel a lot lighter in this world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shonda, you are a true gem. And we really appreciate the insight, the knowledge, the game that you are sharing with us. And what we want to do before we close out, we have to shift up the energy just a little bit on the podcast. Okay. Yes, diversify yes. our portfolio a little bit. All right. That's right. (laughs) And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and listen to club music or dance to strip club music, we want to invite you to the OU Clatchet segment. So Tashonda, do you take on the challenge? All day, every day. All right. All right, Dr. Tom. All right. So I'm just going to dive right in with twerk or two-step. Two-step. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with a two-step. Ain't nothing wrong with a two-step, lady. It's just because my version of twerking ain't twerking. So, I mean, listen. (laughs) The bone is not connected. (laughs) (laughs) In my head, I'm doing all that, right? Okay. Okay. Two-step. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. Now, what can you talk about all day? What topic? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I could talk about a lot of things, but I could talk all day about my purpose. I could talk all day about my children. I could talk all day about pouring on you and how awesome and dope you are. Like, I I mean, I can talk about I can talk about a lot of things all day, every day. But most importantly, I think I would try to talk about impact. I'm a dream. How do we impact the world? Oh, yes. And once you've made an impact, that brings us to our next question of how do you want to be remembered? Wow. I want to be remembered as someone who tried every day to reach for the moon. Every day. In all that I've done, I want to be remembered by my passion to inspire others. I hope when all is said and done that I made a positive impact in the world and I'm someone that people can say she wasn't perfect, but she made an impact. She helped me be a better human. That's what I hope. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. (laughs) And we're going to close out with one last question to Shonda. Which song gets you on the dance floor at the club or party or banquet? Wherever you're dancing at, what gets you on the dance floor? Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, I'm from that dirty South. So anything, hey. Hey, I mean, you you play some old school rap, you know, you play some some New Orleans bounce. Yes, Yeah. So anything that's some really great energy. I love some Beyonce. So, yeah, anything that, you know, takes you back, anything that you know, who runs the world. That's, you know, positive affirmation. You know, we do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> thing that has some really great, great energy. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, Chanda, we just want to thank you again so much for your time. You probably hear this a lot, you know, being a highly successful woman like yourself. But I mean, seeing a woman that looks like you with your story, with your energy, with your message, with your purpose. I mean, it's just incredibly inspiring for people in general, but specifically other black women. And so we just thank you for showing up and for you know, listening to the call and for moving forward because, you know, you are just inspiring so many other women and we'll be able to stand on your shoulders to elevate our community and in the world. I do it gladly. You know, we're, we're all just running this thing called life. And I, I hope that while I am fortunate enough to have this platform, that I'm able to show young Black girls, that they're beautiful in their braids, in their locks, hair press, mm-hmm. sew, weave, it doesn't matter. Whatever makes you feel great and, and feel awesome is enough. And I want to make sure that we know that our voice is necessary and required. And it needs to be our unapologetic, authentic voice in our perspective and the best version of who we are. So thank you for what you all do every day and having space within this podcast for women like me to share and and hopefully inspire others. So I hope you guys follow me on Instagram at Shonda. Check out my foundation, extraordinaryis.org. You can follow extraordinaryis on Instagram and just know that I'm going to continue to do my part and hope to crack even more ceilings so I can make space for you and my daughters and my sons. That's my goal. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace Podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. I'll teach you how to format your show and pitch great guests. I'll teach you how to stand out in the crowd of nearly 1 million podcasts, but I'm also going to teach you how to get your mind right, okay? We're going to talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to deal with fear on your podcasting journey. So even if you're not tech savvy, it's okay. This masterclass is just for you. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Again, that's terrylomax.com. T-E-R-R-I-L-O-M-A-X.com. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health. But it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Herspace Podcast or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not limited by any past thinking. I choose my thoughts with care. We'll see you next week, lady.